All right, what is up everybody? Today on the podcast, I am going to share with you five lessons I learned from a product that I managed back in 2020. I was overseeing this healthcare mobile app with over 1.5 million active users. And at the time, the product was very much underperforming. I was brought in to turn it around And in that process, in a span of eight months, we were able to generate an additional $12 million in annual revenue for the business by enhancing the product and rebuilding it, completely scratching it and rebuilding it from the ground up. I was working for this corporation. It's a very large organization. I was serving as a senior product manager, and it was my responsibility to own the roadmap and execution of this rebuild. And I want to share with you five lessons I learned in seeing this through. So let's dive in. I'll just share with you. I was going to keep it confidential, but uh, the product is OptumRx, OptumRx mobile app. So here's how this company works. Say you work at Nike as an analyst. You likely have insurance because you work for a company. So if Nike employs OptumRx to manage all that healthcare stuff because it's complicated. They don't want to deal with it. They hire OptumRx to just put it together, make it make sense for, for Nike. It's like, okay, I have OptumRx healthcare support, healthcare services. So in that case, you have access to the OptumRx mobile app and website in which you can understand your healthcare coverage, find a doctor, and manage your prescriptions. So our online products, the goal especially increasingly over time, has become to be the Amazon of managing your prescriptions. I'll get more into that in a little bit. But essentially, you can use our product to ship your medication to your house, track the status of the medications, place and cancel your orders, etc. So that's the intention of the product. In 2020, when I was brought in to lead the rebuild of this product, it was seriously underperforming. It had 2.5 out of 5 stars on the App Store and order completion rates. And, you know, we're always looking at KPIs, all these products. We want them to be profitable for the company. Order completion rate, meaning I started to check out. And how, what was the likelihood of me actually following through on that was at 70%. And you, you want a much higher number when you're running a product. So what was the first thing we did? in assessing what needs to happen with this rebuild. So lesson number one for me is understanding your user. I was very fortunate that the product had been in existence. So we had a lot of data, both qualitative and quantitative to assess. I was able to look at a lot of usage data. And this was the first thing that stood out to me is that this product in theory has 20 different features you can do in the mobile app, but only three of those features were getting about, were about 85% of the total utility of the app. So for me, that was the biggest aha moment. And what we learned through this process is whoever had pre-designed the product was not understanding the user. They were not thinking from a user's perspective or they had bad data. They were designing from what are all the cool things you can do in a mobile app or let's convert our website into a mobile app. They weren't really putting themselves in the shoes of the user, understanding their core needs and designing with best practices of simplicity and efficiency. 
they threw the kitchen sink at this product. And most of the functionality was not getting utilized. And when we looked at the qualitative feedback, it's, as a product manager, I believe it's very important to have all these different aspects of understanding your users. So looking at survey feedback and, and feedback being submitted in the product, we saw so many users complaining that the product was clunky. It was very hard to navigate. They couldn't find what they were looking for. A lot of things were not working in the product. So obviously, we're going to have a very, very low reporting. So that is basically what dictated our strategy, or at least was the thread that we could continue to pull on as we created a net new roadmap. Again, I am all about never pretending I'm the smartest person in the room. I relied heavily on my technical partners to choose the best tech stack as we relaunched. We chose to build the product in React Native, making it much easier to deploy on both iOS and Android. But Lesson number two is focus on minimum viable product. Again, if you're in product leadership, you know this term, but it's so important to get something out into the market and test it and get feedback because even what I just shared is a hypothesis. It's not fact. I don't know what the users want. I need to literally get it in their hands and get real feedback as fast as possible. So what did we do? What did I choose to do as a product leader creating a roadmap? I use that data to say, okay, we're only going to build out bare bones what we need. It's going to include those three functionalities that are all around tracking and managing your orders and the things that you need, profile, settings, etc. But other than that, nothing else. All of our development resources are going to go to optimizing and ensuring that those functionalities are always working. They're as simple as possible and we're having a very high user rating. So we spent six months working on just those flows, optimizing A-B testing, getting that order completion rate to 90%. It wasn't until we did that that we actually started at looking at some of the other net new functionalities, the nice-to-haves. We were still getting feedback, people saying, what the heck, you, you relaunched this app with zero functionality. And that was just a concession we were willing to take because we knew we were going to add in all that new functionality over time. But our product now is way more reliable, way faster, and we're seeing our app store reviews and feedback getting better over time. Lesson number three is take the time to truly understand your technical dependencies. Almost all organizations deal with technical debt that's working with outdated technology. Uh, organizations get acquired. Solutions get duct taped together. They become complex. Our company absolutely had been that. They've been around for 30, 40, if not longer years. Very old technology under the surface uh, that has been iterated on over decades. And the biggest blessing in going through this process is realizing how complex technical debt can be and how to explore it efficiently. So before you, or at least in tandem with development, Always be exploring where dependencies can come up ahead of time. And this leads into the fourth lesson is apply servant leadership. I'll bounce back and forth between these, between three and four for a moment. But if you want your teams to be very, very, very proactive in identifying any blockers or issues, you need to have them so bought into your team. That is lesson number four. How do you create a team that's highly motivated, highly creative and problem solving at a very high level? I believe the answer to that is servant leadership. This has always come naturally to me. I've, I've learned it over time, but 
it's always just made so much sense that in servant leadership, it's how can I support you? Every refinement session with the team and pitching them on our product roadmap is, hey, this is my concept for a roadmap. I'm not the smartest person in the room. You know, I've done my due diligence. I've built trust with my team. I've built trust that I'm a great leader, but I also want everyone's opinion at the same time. So everybody around this table, I would love your feedback. Poke holes, tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me where we can do this better. In that process, I'm getting so much buy-in from the team. They feel acknowledged. They feel celebrated. They're willing to give me everything they have because they see it. We, we all see each other as peers. So it's how can I support you in driving these goals forward? What can I do for you? And lesson five in going through this product rebuild, adding $12 million in annual revenue to the business is communicate with excellence because we, we can increase the technology, but if we don't get usage, utilization, and adoption, none of it matters. We don't get to that volume of usage that creates the revenue. So just because you have a product organization that's firing and operating at a very high level, that's not enough. You have to have excellent, excellent, excellent communication. In the product space, there's always such a dynamic it's always a very dynamic environment, meaning you're not just product. You have marketing, you have sales, you have customer service and support, you have your investors, you have your senior leadership. They all need to understand what's happening with the product and everyone's timelines need to be aligned. And this kind of goes, does go back to servant leadership in that you need to create a culture in which everyone feels like they're playing on the same team. It's not marketing versus sales. It's not product versus marketing. It's we are all serving the same mission. How can I support you? How can you support me? Let's create an environment where we can hash things out. We can be very real with each other. Uh, but we're moving the ball forward very, very efficiently. And you know, I give marketing everything they need to create the email sequence that's going out to inform our users of this new product enhancement. Uh, we're taking the feedback from customer support seriously and adopting it into our product roadmap and doing what we need to do to have the right resources to bring those new enhancements to life. That is probably the biggest, most important aspect of this whole thing beyond just the product organization is creating a cohesive culture that is truly company-wide. So these are five lessons from this product rebuild. Uh, we We reshipped the app in six months. We increased those order completion rates to 90%, leading to $12 million in annual revenue increases. And app store ratings and reviews went up to 4.4, which isn't phenomenal, but for the product, for it being about managing your healthcare, that's pretty good because it's it's in nature, not the sexiest uh, product. But again, these lessons I hope can be applied in your life, whatever sort of product you work on, whether you're a founder, whether you work in product management, um, it's a really, really exciting space. So I hope this was valuable. I hope it was helpful. If you're listening and did find value, would very much appreciate you leaving a review, share it with a product manager friend who you know would get so much value out of this recording, uh, and let us know, what do you want to hear from us in terms of other product reviews, other content you want to cover, guests you want to see on the show, you can head over to elevatelife.com for any other content, E-L-V-8-L-I-F-E.com. Have a great day and go build products that change the world.